Blog Talk Radio. for that really just to stay active and hope for an easy transition when I started training doing athletics always helps give you a base I think oh yeah now you have worked in several promotions already in your relatively short career Uh, you're kind of a hot prospect there out of Indiana like I said did you think that getting into this you were going to take to wrestling this easily, this quickly, or were you pretty confident you were going to be where you're at right now? No, not at all. Everything happened so fast. I did not think I was going to learn as fast as I did. I didn't think I didn't think training was going to come as fast as it did, or first matches, or anything like that. But you know, I'm rolling with the flow, and everything's going good so far. 
Now, being what it is, pro wrestling oftentimes uh, does things a little bit differently than other sports. And in pro wrestling, we have intergender matches quite often, especially if there are promotions that don't utilize a women's division. Oftentimes, they will be forced to use intergender matches if they can only get one female talent. I know you work a lot of intergender matches. Is doing intergender something that when you got into wrestling you expected you would do a lot, or is it something that kind of came as a surprise that you were going to do this many? Um, When I started training, I wasn't expecting to be the only girl, but I did know it was going to be a little bit more of a... Um, not an equal ratio, but I did figure it was going to be kind of hard to come by a lot of female wrestlers. Um, but I totally don't mind wrestling a lot of the guys. Because if anything, it just helps you out in the long run, getting stronger and tougher. Absolutely. Now, you have held your own against some of the top people, male and female, in that area. But when you wrestle men that have more years of experience than you, do you tend to find that they're a little bit surprised at your skill level for someone that is as experienced as you? Or do you find that they've gotten familiar enough doing their homework going into the match that they kind of know what to expect? Um, I think a little bit of both ways. I feel like I surprise a lot of people with what I can do in such a short period of time of starting, but it's also really good to learn from those people because, I mean, there's just so much experience to know and knowledge to have. So I think that one also goes both ways. I agree with that. Pretty often you work at WCWO in Indianapolis, and it is, of course, every Friday at the Outlaw Arena. A lot of people don't have the good fortune of having weekly shows that they can go to to get repetition in and work every single week. A lot of people only wrestle once a month or twice a month, and they just don't get the same amount of matches in there to improve. Do you think that having that weekly show available to you has helped you as far as getting better as quickly as you have? Oh, yeah, that's helped me tremendously. Um, like I said, I I started training, and I had my first match not too long after I started training. And then getting put on the shows every week, that helps you get repetition that you need to, you know, the muscle memory of, you know, of the moves and everything. And it helps that they record it and stream it so then you can go back and watch yourself and get better on that. And, you know, the facility is open to training. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the trainings are led by super awesome instructors that help you in and out every week and every show. So that it really does help tremendously having that as a resource and place to wrestle and train at. WCWO, as listeners to our show know, was founded by the dangerous bull Don Basher, and since his passing, his son Jake Ao has taken over the range and has done a great job with it. 
for sure. It's a it's a family run business, a pretty tight knit group there. How instrumental in getting you into professional wrestling has the Owens family been to you so far? I there would be no Rachel Armstrong without the Owens family family. They've helped me tremendously. They've given me so many opportunities. I had my first match against Joey Owens. And that was a blessing itself. And he he's the man behind the building well, Don Basher and Joey Owens. They've done it all to keep the building open, giving everybody opportunities to go in and train and have an opportunity to go live the dream and wrestle every every week and get better and hopefully get to the bigger stage. Absolutely. They have helped many, many people in this business for sure. Oh, you've been one of the people lucky enough to be booked at Girl Fight, which is Madman Pondo's all-girl promotion, and he has a lot of talent on those shows, and it's, I don't want to call it a niche audience, but it's a different audience from most promotions. Uh, All-female show, he tries to use all-females, referees, wrestlers, what have you. What? What is it like wrestling on girl fight shows compared to your standard independent? Uh, girl fight is really special because, like, um, like I started training and there weren't any girls for me to wrestle or, you know, really hang out with or anything. So being able to get the girl fight and just show with our girls and, like, all the girls are super awesome and genuine and it's just a really great locker room to be in. And it's really cool to have, to see more female wrestlers. And, you know, we're all working to change the game and, you know, put more emphasis on females wrestling. And it's a really good show to showcase that. Oh, Pondo brings in a pretty mixed uh, roster of newer talent as well as veterans that are in the area. Uh, He brings in people like Mickey Knuckles that's been around for quite a while, has been everywhere. Uh, Amazing Maria's been on girl fights. Got a lot of great talent there. Do you get the chance to kind of sit down with some of the veteran talents and kind of pick their brain about how to further your own career? Yeah, with everyone being so busy, it's uh, a little more challenging, but I definitely have sat down with some great minds in the business. Um, Billy Starks recently I just had the opportunity to talk to, and she's really awesome to learn from. Super great person, super great wrestler. Um, Mickey Knuckles is super awesome to learn from. She knows a whole lot about the business, in and out, personal or not. Super great to talk to. Absolutely. One of the styles that's become very, very popular in the last few years is the Lucha Libre style. We see a lot more all Lucha Libre promotions all over the United States popping up. There's a lot more wrestlers that do the Lucha style than there used to be. Is Lucha Libre training something that you've done in 
your own training, or is it a style that you don't do very much? Um, I've been practicing it here and there. I would definitely like to practice it a lot more because I think that's a style more fit for my size and my build. So I definitely would like to capitalize on that pretty soon here. Um, really all kinds of styles I'm open to learn and adapt to. And when you look into, like, the lucha style, it's a very different mindset than what the American style is. It's completely different from what most Americans are taught. Do you think doing lucha, especially someone that's not got the years under the belt like yourself, is going to be easier to learn, or do you think it's going to be harder to learn based on having been taught the American style and having used it your whole career so far? Um, I think it's going to depend on the person, how you learn. But having learned the American style first and then going into the Lucha Libre style, that might be a little bit tricky or, like, confusing for you to kind of just, you know, muscle memory into your brain and body because it's like a different you're working a different side of your body really and kind of just maneuvering people in a different way so uh, it might be a little bit confusing having already been taught the American style but progressing is unpredictable and you can definitely adjust to a lot of different things with time that is very true oh Being in Indiana, you're just a couple of borders away from Canada, and Canada is a place where a lot of talent tends to gravitate towards because there are a lot of really good independent promotions up there, lots of good opportunities for young wrestlers. Have you considered going up into Canada at any point for your career so far? Uh, I would love to travel more with wrestling. Uh, I'm currently a college student, and I'm trying to graduate early just so I can travel more with wrestling and be more devoted to wrestling in general. But, yeah, traveling and wrestling is definitely one of the big goals on my list across the world, really, across the world and the States. What's the longest trip so far that you've had to make? Um, I haven't been too much out of Indiana quite yet. Um, I've wrestled once in, uh, Marshall, Michigan. I think that was probably my furthest trip. Um, but many more to come, I guess. Absolutely. I think you'll be in demand once you get out there on the road and get eyes on you. I sure hope so. I've got no doubt for sure. Uh, you probably have figured out on the independent circuit the physical rings that promoters use can vary quite a bit. You have some rings that are very good. It's like a pillow in there when you're bumping around. Ropes are always very nice. It's exactly how you want it. And then on the flip side, some rings are like death traps where you're just trying not to get hurt while you're inside of it. 
What would you say is the best physical ring that you've been in so far? Um, not showing any bias here, but I would say the ring at WCW is definitely a pretty reliable one. Definitely pretty used to that one. Training there and wrestling there almost every week. But it's always good to know your know your ring, know your surroundings at the shows. You know, check the ropes, check the ring before the show and everything. It's always a plus to do so, just so you're not surprised. I wish more people did it. <laughs> now, hopefully you haven't at this point, but at some point, everybody in wrestling is going to have that occasional injury and they're going to get hurt to some degree or another. Hopefully it's nothing serious, but sometimes you get more serious injuries. Have you had any injuries so far, be it in training or be it in your career so far you've had to overcome? Uh, Ironically, yes, I have. I am actually nursing a smaller injury right now. I have I had a hairline fracture on my collarbone. So I've been taking it easy for the last month. Um, starting to get back into the into the working out and schedule steps back into the ring. Collarbone injuries are never fun because there's not much you can really do. Yep, nothing you can do but wait it out. Exactly. That's okay. That's the love of the love of the game, nature of the business. It absolutely is. I mean, you being in long enough, you're gonna get the occasional bumps and bruise and ankle turned on the opposite way it's meant to go, things like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you probably have noticed also in wrestling that a lot of wrestlers will gravitate towards having gimmicks. Uh, we've seen countless gimmicks, especially on the independent circuit. Some are very, very good and well done. Some not so much so. Some of them yeah. a little more peculiar than others. What would you say has been the oddest gimmick that you've seen someone do? Um... I would say the most interesting one. Hmm. Think here. I've seen someone dressed as a in a hot dog costume in the room. They actually had a match in the costume. Mhm. Don't know how they did it because that'd be very hot. I don't know. I can move around like that and take all costume like that. I would be thinking mobility would be a big factor as well. I think one of the more interesting, cooler ones I've seen recently is a cat. They wear a whole cat costume and they're super into the gimmick and they have the crowd throw yarn at them when they win and he rolls around and plays with it. I think that's really cool. I think that's one of the better ones I've seen recently. 
I can definitely see fans getting into that with the interactive finish there for sure. Yeah. Well, at this point, my co-host, the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones, is standing by. I know Coach has questions as well, so I'm going to pass you right over to him. Yeah, of course. Hey, Rachel, thanks for coming on. It's an honor and a uh, privilege to have you. Of course. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm watching your match versus uh, Victor Petrov. That's a very impressive match. You almost pulled that one out. My goodness. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, goodness, that when you flipped over off the corner on him, that was impressive. And then just looked like you slipped up there at the end, and that was the end of it. But, my goodness, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. And then, so, hey, who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was wrestling, sports, music, ordinary life? Um... As far as wrestling, one of the first people I saw on TV were, like, John Cena and, you know, AJ Lee and Seth Rollins. Definitely inspired me to get into the business and, like, hey, I want to do that and, you know, things like that. And now we're here and moving up in the world. Right on. And then did you play sports in high school or growing up? Yeah, I played uh, a lot of sports through high school. I uh, did cross country and volleyball. I played on the boys' golf team because my school didn't offer a girls' golf team. I played basketball, ran track. And, yeah, that's that's about all I did in high school. And what's your self-defense background? Uh, I've currently been doing Muay Thai classes, so that's definitely been helping me out in wrestling, too. That's really one of the reasons I started doing it, and then I realized, like, hey, this is going to help me in the real world, like, too, so it's like a double plus doing Muay Thai. Nice. And then what are some of the most memorable matches you've seen or been involved with? Um... I think my first match versus uh, Joey Owens is definitely one of the most memorable ones. Um, I'm super proud of my match I had with Billy Starks, that girl fight. Okay. What about matches that you've seen? Mm. I watch watch a lot of them. I got to think of some really good ones I just saw. We've got time. We've got over a half hour left today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, how about we come back to that question so I can keep reminiscing in my mind. That's fine. Who are some of your favorite people to work? Um, I faced Alice Crowley a couple different times. She's really, really good to work with. Um, Very helpful with me being so new in the business. Um, same with Billy Starts, helped me out tremendously. Um, I've worked Jordan James quite a, quite a bit in the last year, and he's helped me out tremendously and gave me some of my better matches as well. 
Right on. Yeah, I've seen your match with Jordan James in the Octagon. Uh, how do you like wrestling in the Octagon compared to regular matches? It's it's definitely different wrestling in the eight-sided ring versus the four-sided. Um, but it is a lot of fun, and you don't see the eight-sided ring in a lot of places anymore. So it's definitely unique to wrestle in there. And, and I say the biggest difference is the ropes feel a lot tighter. Um, but it's super fun wrestling in the eight-sided ring. All right. Yeah, I, have, I haven't experienced that yet. And then one of our, our main questions that we ask on this show, Sign Guy would like to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. What my favorite what kind of drink? Coffee. My favorite coffee drink. Um... When it comes to coffee, I'm really not a picky person. I just can't drink it. I can drink it black, but that's not really my first choice. Um, yeah, I got nothing for that one. I, I'm not picky with coffee at all. Okay, well, at least, uh, we're getting more often than not. More often than not nowadays, uh, people are saying they don't drink coffee. <laughs> really? I can't survive without coffee. I don't know. What about you guys? What's uh, your favorite coffee? Myself, I'm instant coffee with some uh, mocha, a little bit of honey. I'm good. Oh, I never tried uh, honey and coffee. What about you, Sign? My go-to order would be a cafe mocha, no phone, no whip, extra shot, and extra hot. Sweet. Okay, and then who were some of your toughest opponents you faced? Mm. I think every match definitely has challenges just because it, I mean, almost everyone I've faced so far has is, is had experience beyond, beyond years with me. And so that's definitely good for on my half, so I can learn from them. Um, I would say probably the most challenging match I've had. Hmm. I would say ability to start, just because it's, I'm not going to say it's a lot of pressure, but it's just opportunity to learn from somebody that had a lot more experience than you. And so it feels like it's a, oh, my goodness, I got to do so good right now kind of moment, if that makes sense. Okay. Yes, definitely. And then uh, I hear Jason Maples moved to Tennessee. Did you get a chance to wrestle at uh, any of his promotions or Heroes and Legends while he was in Indiana? No, I haven't. Okay. And then what are some of your favorite places that you've worked? Um, girl Fight's definitely pretty special. I love going there and seeing all the girls. Um, I've been to DCPW. That's one of the um, home promotions I've been going to for since I started, really. And, you know, that place feels like home, too. 
Um, NGW is always really fun to go to. Um, CMSX is really fun. The crowds are always super into it, and and different crowds. It's really interesting to something I've learned along the way. So it's really fun to go to different crowds and have fun with different people. Nice. Yeah, and NGW is dear to my heart. I'm the owner and promoter of NGW Northwest, and I do the NGW Green Room, doing interviews all over the world. Wow. It had been an honor to be at Heroes and Legends a couple times in Indiana and get to do interviews with people over there. One day, maybe, I hopefully, I can do an interview with you on my green room. Yeah, for sure. I'd totally be open. Okay, and we have a question from a longtime fan, Kurt Ferris, and okay. most of the time they're off-the-wall questions, but this one's sort of short and sweet. He okay. wants to know, Kurt Ferris wants to know exactly how strong your arms are. <laughs> um, I'd say they're pretty strong. I haven't been fast in quite a while, so I can't really give you an exact number on that. Um, I could do 100 push-ups straight if that answers any kind of question. Dang, that's impressive. I'm currently on the 25-day, 25 push-up challenge, and yeah, if you worked out hard the day before, sometimes it's a little challenging, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love doing challenges like that. Like Every month, I'm like, okay. I'm going to do 100 push-ups every day for a month, or I'm going to do 200 jumping jacks every day for a month, you know, something like that. And then, like, going to the gym and everything, it's super fun to think of different, like, workouts and stuff you can do, especially while you're at work or something. It's like, man, I can totally pull this off and then go to the gym and try it out. Sweet. Yeah, when I was a, a teenager playing baseball, we didn't have any weights where I was at, and – uh all I did was 50 push-ups and 50 sit-ups a day, and my God, that really helped. I was hitting huge home runs. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And that's another thing that's also really awesome about, like, kind of locker rooms and stuff is, like, seeing how other people work out and taking, like, workout strategies from them and, like, you know, even, like, diet, like, tips and stuff like that because they're into better shape and everything. So it's like wrestling is just really one of those like continuous learning things inside and out of the ring. So that's also like really super cool to me. Okay. And then did you uh, come up with any memorable matches that you've seen? Yeah. One of my favorite ones of all time is uh, Sasha and Bailey at NXT TakeOver, Brooklyn. I think that's probably my favorite match of all time. All right. And then let me see, do you have any suggestions for people who want to get into the business? Yeah, I would say definitely fan of the business. When you, I mean, obviously you're a fan when you start watching wrestling and everything, but when you when you start getting into the training and things like that, keep watching it, keep being a fan, keep learning from it. Um Definitely a big challenge at first when you make that transition because you don't realize how hard or challenging the training is. But, you know, you got to power through that and keep a strong mindset. 
asked lots and lots and lots of questions. I'm a huge question asker, and I I feel like I'm so annoying sometimes with all my questions. But I mean, you got to keep learning, keep with it, and all right. Hey, one of my favorite uh, women's matches from years ago on WWE was Layla versus Alicia Fox. That one's definitely worth looking up. Oh, yeah. Okay, do you have any schools that you'd like to suggest? Uh, You're breaking up a little. Are we talking wrestling schools that would like within yeah. Indiana? Okay. Uh, rest, um, wrestling schools anywhere. I've only trained at WCWO so far. I think it's a wonderful place to learn. Um, I would always say to get a hold of Joey Kid Owens if you want to start training or anything like that. If you're in the Indianapolis area, um, he's given everybody a chance and he's changed changed me to get me in the business. Um, I've wrestled at Grindhouse. I know they've got a pretty good training program there. I can't really say too much about it because I haven't trained. I haven't trained there. Um, as far as anywhere else in Indiana, I can't really speak on because I don't know. But I would say okay. definitely to those two, though, if you're somewhere in Indiana around there. Yeah, and, uh, man, what a match versus Jordan James at, uh, DCCW back on, what was it, in October of 2021. Man, that was impressive. You got the victory. Thank you. And I li- I like your frog splash, and I, I I love your attitude and what you bring to wrestling, and I wish you all the luck of the world, and I think you're going to go a long way. Thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you. For sure. I really appreciate it. I'm sure Sign Guy's got more. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you, Coach. Well, Rachel, one of the things that a lot of wrestlers will try to learn at some point, especially in the era we're in now where everything is either streamed or put on uh, YouTube or even just regular broadcast television, is wrestling a television style versus wrestling for strictly the fans in attendance. Do you wrestle very many places where you have to know how to wrestle a television style match, or do you just wrestle how you wrestle, and if it happens to be streamed, it happens to be streamed? Um, Most places I've wrestled is you just wrestle how you wrestle, and it's recorded and streamed. Um, however, there are, like, it's really hard for people to learn how to work hard cam and wrestle that TV style way. Um, I know WCWO has a hard cam and, you know, it's like a learning process for everyone to adapt to that and every week learning how to wrestle towards the hard cam and get used to it and things. But I'd say for the most part, starting out for me, it's just been learning the basics, learning how to 
you know, get a match together and, you know, things like that. And as you get comfortable with doing that, it's going to be easier for you to adjust to working TV style and working the hard cam and certain angles for fans and knowing how to emphasize your emotions in what direction, if that makes sense. It does. Now, in Indiana, sometimes the fans in certain places can be very, very passionate, and sometimes that passion will carry them a bit farther than you would like when they're objecting to something or sometimes even if they're in appreciation of something and lines will be crossed a little bit. Have you been on a show where the fans have maybe crossed a line you didn't want them to cross? Um, I've never experienced anything like that or been on a show that's had any issues like that, but I definitely have heard of instances with that happening. Um, but, yeah, I guess it's just you got to deal with it the best you can that comes up in the moment. Hopefully you don't ever experience that. It can be a little bit scary if something like that happens. Yeah. Have you had any instances recently with that? Recently, no, but I have had my share of instances where it has happened. Oh, no. I'm sorry to hear Usually not the best day at the office when it goes down, but luckily I don't call something where anyone was injured per se just once in a while a little a little bit rougher than you would like with the fans but so far no injuries good now, we mentioned how you are often at Outlaw Arena and for the people that go there they will know this for the listeners that aren't familiar it is not a very large building. The fans that go in there usually pack the place. It's a small, intimate arena, but the fan base is very loyal and usually very loud in there. What's yes. it like wrestling in front of a fan base, even though they aren't very large necessarily in numbers? They usually are very passionate, very loyal, and very appreciative? Um, I'm not going to say it's easier because you still get super nervous. I still get super nervous before I go do any match. But it definitely makes it a lot easier and, like, more fun knowing that, like, you've got people coming to support you every week and, you know, cheering you or showing you support and, you know, and they know kind of how, they know your style, really. So it's easier for them to get behind you because they already kind of know you every week instead of, like, going to a different place, like, every month or so and, you know, having to work a lot harder because you got to establish yourself with the people. And so I think that's another reason why the dub is super special because the fans are super special in their own right. Absolutely, and 
I enjoy going there. There's even a picture of me on the wall there. I don't usually yeah. get that when I go to buildings, but there's a drawing of me right there on the wall as you walk into the building. Very nice. Now, one of the things that is usually kind of memorable for most wrestlers is that first time you get approached by a fan wanting an autograph or a picture or wanting to know how they can buy a piece of your merchandise. Did you have a moment when the fans first approached you for something like that that sticks out? Yeah, uh, that was super cool for me because, like, I travel with a bunch of, um, like, guys that have been in the business for a couple of years now. And so I would always just be like, oh, they just want, you know, their picture, or I'll just take the picture for them. Um, and there was one time... A little girl came and was like, hey, can I have your picture and can you sign my shirt? And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so new. How do you know me already? But it's really cool to have that feeling that people are supporting you that you don't even know are watching you. And, like, you're that role model for that person. So it's a really it's really super cool feeling for me. In the era of wrestling that we're in now, especially uh, the last few months when gas prices were extremely high, wrestlers depended on merchandise sales to bolster their income. A lot of wrestlers will actually make most of their money on merchandise and they wrestle as sort of an advertisement to sell merchandise. Do you have a whole lot of merchandise available to fans at this point? Um, I just recently got bracelets to sell. So definitely find me at a show coming up and get a Rich Armstrong bracelet. Uh, You've probably been on enough shows now to realize if a wrestler can slap their logo on something... Mm-hmm. Or even if they can't slap their logo on something, they will find a way to try to sell it at merchandise tables. I've seen any number of crazy things on merchandise tables that wrestlers were trying to sell to the fans. What's been <laughs> the strangest thing that you've seen? Um, I haven't really been to too many shows that, you know, people aren't selling, like, pictures or... um like stickers or something. Um, yeah, I think that's those are the only things I've really seen so far. What are some Nothing. of the crazier things you've seen? Oh, no, I've, I'm I've seen a lot. I've seen mirrors. I've seen bottles of juice. Um, Ox Harley used to sell bottles of root beer that he slapped his own picture and logo on. Um, oh wow! I, I've seen a lot of strange things out there, but uh, interesting. When it comes to merchandise, a lot of wrestlers in the last few years have looked into trademarking their name and likeness, even on the independent circuit. Is 
something like that something that you've considered at this point? So whatever you do in wrestling you own, or is it something that you haven't really put much thought into yet? Um, I haven't put much thought into anything like that quite yet, just because I'm still playing around with ideas and, you know, names and things like that. So it's like I don't really want to – it's like I'm serious about things, but I don't want to get too locked into something that's going to stick with me forever quite yet because I'm so new to stuff still. Probably very wise of you. Oh, we talked earlier about you wanting to get all over the United States and go international and so forth. Wrestling on the independent circuit is pretty hot right now because there's so many places that are doing well and with streaming services, fans are aware of more promotions in more areas than ever before. Is there one place in the United States that you would most want to travel to to wrestle before anywhere else? Um, At the moment, not quite. Really anywhere that's going to bring me in and give me an opportunity, I'm willing to take it. Fair enough. Oh, you're a very, very long ways away from this, hopefully, but when a lot of wrestlers get towards the end of their active days in the ring, they often will think of other ways to stay connected to the business and help out in ways other than just in-ring wrestling. When you look at your own career, do you sort of look at other roles other than wrestling to see if anything's going to interest you for the future or are you focused primarily on entering wrestling at this point? Um, primarily it's the entering wrestling for me, just letting know it's going to get better. But somewhere down the line when I do hang up the boots and I'm done with the physical aspect of wrestling, I would love to train more people and women and keeping the keeping the business alive and going and sharing with other people what I've learned throughout the years and stories. I love hearing, I love learning and listening to people's stories about all the experiences and knowledge that they have. So I think that'd be really cool to do that as well to other people that are, that are in the same spot as me at one point. So eventually you want to take over the dub and be the new JKO. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but I would totally go back and help out people. A lot of times in wrestling, especially on the independent circuit, wrestlers that have been to the national companies and have been on TV will pass through for one-offs or maybe just a couple shows here and there. Sometimes they do seminars. Sometimes they just show up to do meet-and-greets. Do you have very many experiences where you've been able to interact and talk with 
some of the wrestlers that may have been at the national companies that would be able to give you advice and tips on how to better yourself? Um, I haven't had any opportunities to, like, get advice from or, like, speak to any of the any of them quite yet, but uh, it's definitely something I look forward to in the future when I start traveling more and getting out there, and even just opportunities when they come into town. Now, looking at the landscape of things, in the last five years, women's wrestling especially has really grown from what it was. You have all-female promotions like Mission Pro in Texas, Girl Fight. Uh, of course, there was Shimmer. And uh, you have women main eventing WrestleMania, which yeah. five years ago you never would have thought would be the case. And they're getting mm-hmm. many more opportunities than they used to get when they were sort of a sort of a niche audience and a niche product on your regular cards. Do you think that coming into wrestling when you did gave you perhaps a better opportunity to succeed overall in your career than if you had come in, say, five years earlier or five years later? I would say so for sure because when I first came across, like, women's wrestling, when I started watching Watching it, I was like, whoa, I don't want to wrestle like that. And then I would see, like, a guy's match and be like, that's what I want to do. And so it was really cool to see how it changed as I was growing up and everything. And I think that made it a lot more convincing to me once I, once I like, kind of finalized I wanted to be a wrestler. So it was like, yeah, it's changing, and I can I can be part of that change, too. One of the other parts of wrestling that used to be fairly popular as sort of a niche part of pro wrestling that you don't see at the national level hardly at all anymore is the midget wrestling. There are some touring all midget companies that are doing very well. They usually sell out to fairly large crowds when they come to town, there's a couple that tour nationally and actually internationally because they go into Canada and Mexico. Do you think that the bigger national companies are maybe missing an opportunity by not having midget wrestling anymore, or do you think that at the national level it may not work? I think anything can work. Honestly, if they're I think I think midget wrestling could work in the national level and on the bigger levels too because I mean why wouldn't it, I guess. That's my it's opinion be a, too. It'd probably be a bigger opportunity for the companies to grow too by bringing in a, another big fan base. Absolutely. I think with the success of the all midget promotions that there's definitely a fan base out there. 
with the success you've had so far in such a short time, obviously you've got years ahead of you and you've got a long ways to go so you don't have to rush things, but do you have sort of a goal in mind where you want to be, say, a year from now or three years from now, that sort of thing, or are you sort of just enjoying the ride as it goes? Um, I'm really just enjoying the ride and seeing where it takes me, really. Um, I've had all kinds of cool opportunities in the year I've been doing it, and, you know, I don't want to rush anything or, um, yeah. So whatever whatever comes my way, it's just really cool to see where see where wrestling takes me because I would have never thought wrestling would give me so many opportunities and take me to so many different places and meet the people I have and have the memories and car rides and things that I've done. So yeah, I would say it's really just an enjoying the ride kind of situation for me. Fair enough. Well, we have just a few minutes left on our show today, and I want to make sure you have ample time. If there's anything that you want to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything you have, social medias, merchandise, upcoming shows, your favorite Italian restaurant, anything at all, floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm on Instagram, Rachel Armstrong, or Rachel underscore Armstrong. I'm on Facebook, Rachel Armstrong, Twitter, um, Armstrong 18 Reach. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, not really too, not really taking too many bookings right now. Cause I'm still trying to nurse my collarbone. Um, but if you follow my social medias and everything, I keep all those updated with the ad and dates and things like that. And like I said earlier, I just got bracelets made so definitely rip the brand in that and hopefully we'll have more more options and merchandise to sell here soon um but yeah i guess that's that's about it for me well it has been our pleasure to have you on the show today and hopefully we will have you back again to talk some more with us, and hopefully our paths will cross at some point. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to talk again, come back. Absolutely. You're always welcome here. Give everybody out your way my best, and hopefully I'll see everybody soon. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. All right, fans, if you have not discovered Rachel Armstrong, you definitely should do so. If she's on a show near you, go buy a ticket. Get on the YouTubes and search her out. She's a fantastic talent. She's going to do a lot of great things in this business, I believe. Very, very good so far. But, Coach, I'm guessing you have some things to plug and promote as we wrap this up. Yeah, you can check me out at the Coach with the Most. Also, Coach Mike Jones on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from people all over the world. Also, still doing the Seattle Mariners Organizational Report on YouTube. And then the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast every Saturday. Yesterday was a great show. 
I got to interview uh, Defolo Debashi, the butcher. I had the Vegas Stead on. We went over the Seattle Mariners and the Cincinnati Reds organization. And I also had Jason Reinhardt, an up-and-coming promoter out of the Spokane Valley area yesterday. And then if you need a tow in the Northwest, check out Big Boys Towing and tell them Coach Mike Jones sent you. All right. And you can follow me on all the usual ways, the gram, the Twitter, at SignGuyHPW, on the Book of Faces. Chicken Bob also available on all social medias. Episode 540 of the Sign of the Times was going to be up later today, but there were some technical issues that happened. It did not save the footage, so unfortunately it will be delayed for a bit, which is a shame because I went far for that one. I went far, far to get that, but we will try it again soon. So coming up this week on Friday, we have... Megamondo, also out of the great state of Indiana. He is wrestling all over that state. Great, great personality. We'll have him. And then a week from today, referee out of Ohio, Tim Porras, will be with us. We're looking forward to that. Everybody stay safe out there. Go support your local independent pro wrestling wherever it may be. Don't forget, they're raising funds for my former tag partner, Mo Atlas. So if you can help out with that, that would be appreciated as well. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks a lot.